on the 14th of May, Philip was seen by myself and documented as I have a full miraculous recovery from his post-concussion syndrome and he has been declared to return back to work. Amen. I'll just throw that in there. <laughs> he didn't say amen, but that is that is amazing. Yeah, and <laughs> to make it even funnier, like when I went in to see the doctor, she had a student um, oh, with yeah? her as well. So <laughs> she would have been like, what is going on here? Oh, that is incredible. You gotta live it, you gotta love it. Testimony goes on and on and on. It's magnetic, it's prophetic. Welcome back to the Jesus Magnet Podcast. I'm your host, Joel, and today we have Phil Greer with us. How you doing, Phil? Oh, yeah, good. Thanks for having me on. I'm stoked to have you. He's walked into the studio and he's got a t-shirt that says, Jesus has healed me. Straight up, bold and confident. So it's such a cool way to evangelize what Jesus has done in our lives. And you've got the merchandise uh, printed on your chest to just be like a straight billboard, Jesus heals. I just love that. Yeah, yeah. very, very cool. Um, so, Phil, you're from uh, Gore in New Zealand, uh, just down the road, really, from our hometown. And um, you uh, came into contact with the Jesus Magnet through Simon Ripma. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Shout Hello, out, Simon. Simon. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's an amazing man of God. And, um, yeah, very cool that uh, you know him and that our circles have collided, which is pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to hear your story and uh, how God's affected you and changed you and that uh, we believe that our testimony is just evidence that God is real, Mm -hmm. he's uh, authentic, he heals, he speaks, and he changes lives every day. So, yeah, Phil, why don't you just start us off with wherever you want to start your testimony i'm going to jump in and out with different questions but i'll pretty much just pass the baton to you and um and we'll just see where it goes eh sounds good yeah awesome well off you go phil right um so yeah i'm phil uh brought up in gore or southland um so i'm your typical sort of farmy southland bloke really um i was brought up in a christian home uh going to church and all those things um but yeah, growing up, I uh, went to church. I wouldn't say I necessarily enjoyed it all the time. Um, for me, it was kind of a chore for a while. Um, and, yeah, as I got older, um, I'd rather just be out on the farm or watching rugby or doing something like that than going to a youth group and uh, church. So, um, Which part of the church was that that kind of put you off going to church? Uh, I just, it was probably more, I preferred to be out on the farm or watching yeah. rugby, not, like, there wasn't something bad about church, and I guess I was, like, a very much an introvert, quiet person growing up, yeah. so. And being out in nature, out on the farm and all that, you can actually connect with God quite authentically as well, you know, you have David in the Bible who was uh, a shepherd, you know, and he was out all the time in the field and in fact there's so many people in the bible where they're out in the field doing something pretty much what you're describing your early early life and um that they meet god you know (laughs) yeah for sure um yes uh yeah i was just pretty quiet um that was probably the biggest thing so i'd rather not be around people kind of thing so Mm. it was easier to be at home but Always went. Um, thankful for mum and dad for um, bringing us up to go to church and to read our Bibles and mm. all those good foundational things. Um, but yeah, it wasn't till like even at uh, high school, like I wouldn't swear or things like that. So mm. people knew that I was a Christian, but I would never openly talk mm. about it. Um, it's probably one one of the biggest regrets about school, um, but. I just, yeah, was quite closed, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then after, yeah, leaving school, going to university up to Lincoln, uh, that's probably where things started to change, I guess. Like, mm. uh, you don't have your family around you to um, get you up to go to church or, or to encourage you in this way or that way. You've kind of got to make the decision uh, mm. for yourself. Um, and I was... 
uh, fortunate, uh, blessed to have um, some good friends that I made up there and um, some guys that really helped uh, to encourage me to go to church and got involved in the Christian Fellowship Group. Uh, If I didn't go to that, yeah, who knows where I would have left off. But um, So yeah, after uni, um, came back down to Southland uh, and was on running the dairy farm um, and everything was just ticking away as normal. Um, I, I guess, yeah, by now I had like my own faith and like it was important to me. Um, but yeah, I guess probably the farm kind of took over. Um, I got pretty busy like running a dairy farm. You can do some pretty big yeah, hours. Yeah, massive hours, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that probably... I guess was more important at the time, um, and then one day I was just working away on the farm, and um, I was just like struggling to breathe, like started panicking. I was like, "What's going on? This is kind of not not strange. Like I'm a healthy fit mm. man. Like I'm a farmer and I played rugby and stuff, and it's just like, what's going mm. on here? Uh, and so it ended up. Um, this oh, this happened and so I went home and just lay down for a while and eventually it kind of went away um, and then a couple of days later I was back on the farm and the same thing happened but it was worse and like I was just like real yeah, panicking I like didn't know what to do because like when you can't breathe like yeah you need, yeah you need man. air to to live kind of thing so it's just like oh like what's going on and uh, I went into hospital uh, I was in there for a half a day kind of thing while they were doing tests and trying to figure out what was wrong and um yeah they were struggling to figure out what was wrong and um they they came back to me uh and said that um oh they thought that it was um uh an infection around the heart um in the the set um and they told me uh you're gonna have to go home and you're not not allowed to work you can't do any exercise like don't walk over 100 metres kind of thing, don't lift. So what was it in the end? Did they find out? Uh, I think it's it's called pericarditis. Oh, yeah. pericarditis. Maybe. Wow. Maybe. I wow. could be wrong there. Yeah. Um, Man, you're pretty young and uh, how old are you? Um, this was, I was, I'm 28 now, this is like 2018 I think. 2018, wow. Yeah. Wow, okay. So, yeah, yeah, it would have been, I don't know, 20-odd. 20, 20 yeah. Young, yeah so, wow. Yeah, it was pretty crazy at the time. Um, and then being told you can't uh, do, like, everything that I love. It was, like, devastating. Yeah. Uh, and so this went on for, oh, like, a few months. I had to continually go in for checkups and get tests and stuff. And uh, every time... Like I went in, they like just seemed unsure what was going on, and mm. um, and yeah, I got sent away to specialists and things, and um, I went to one specialist, and he's like, yeah, no, what they've told you, that's wrong, like that that seems fine, um, but I don't actually know what's wrong with you. Oh wow! Uh, and so I was just like back to the drawing board, and like yeah. after a while, they'd done all the tests they could, and they're like, yeah, sorry, we don't actually know what's what's wrong with you um so that was pretty like hard to take after being told like don't do any physical exercise or how did you find that news spiritually in the sense of you know you've been brought up in a very fit healthy home always on a farm doing rugby um chasing cows around and then all of a sudden uh for some reason your heart plays up Really, and um, go, you know, God, why? This doesn't make sense. I'm in a farming family. Why would you design me to not have a working heart when you knew that I'd be in a farming family? You know, th- those sort of thoughts would come to me for sure, and I'm sure others listening. So, wh- what were your thoughts at the time? Yeah, oh, I was like, hard to take, and yeah, like you have all these questions going on, like what's going on, why is this happening to me, like this shouldn't be happening to me, like before mm. then you just feel in- invincible, like you can do anything, and then mm. like one day you're sitting on the couch and you're watching your mum mow your, 
you're the ones and you're like, this should not be happening yeah. kind of thing. And But, um, like, it was it was tough. Like, there was sunny days. I'd get up and I'd just start crying because it's like, well, it's sunny, but I can't even go out and enjoy it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was hard. But um, I guess, like, I had lots of time to reflect because, um, as you know, life can get quite busy. And mm-hmm. like, in that time, I probably... Started to really like dig into the Bible and um, like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven was one like a verse that really stuck out to me. Mm. Uh, like that you'd still have a hope and a future and that mm. sort of thing. Um, and like verses like that sort of kept me going. And like you just find um, just different things or listen to different things that would kind of just keep you going. And I guess I don't know, like it was hard, but. For some reason, like just trusted that like God did have a hope and a future and did have something in store for me. Like this wasn't yeah. gonna carry on, even though like I hated it. Like it was yeah, tough, tough news to take. Um, it actually caused you to draw closer to God um, during the hardships. Yeah, for sure. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a good thing for me because like on the farm you're just busy and like yeah, you don't kind of have. Or Probably going to autopilot a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you yeah. got a steady job. You got income yeah. coming in. You got mm. sort of everything's because there's two of. responses to um, having some hard news come towards any any of us. And um, there's uh, I'm in trouble. I'm in pain or whatever it is. And it's I, I run from my father. I'm in trouble. And then there's the other. I'm in trouble. I need my father. And uh, the great thing of hearing what your thought process was is it drew you closer to the father, that you were in trouble, you were in pain, you weren't angry with him or and run away, but you uh, drew closer to him and drew near and, and needed him. Mm. And um, so in, in one sense, you can look at even the worst things that happen to us as blessings because without them, you'd be further from God to where you are today. So, yeah, just very, very cool. Yeah, for sure. No, like, yeah, definitely. Like, looking back, that time was a blessing. Even though mm. it was like one of the harder times in my life, like it was mm. definitely a blessing. Like, yeah, it did bring me to God. And like, you always have those thoughts. Like, there's still people worse off than me. Like, I mm. should be thankful. Like, it, even that's hard at the time. You try and like mm. remember that. Yeah, I should be thankful. Like I've still got. Yeah, how long were you sort of out of like when they said that you can't work anymore? Was that an indefinite work, or was that you just need to recover? Or yeah, what was it? Yeah, so it was kind of indefinite. Um, like to start with, it was two weeks, and then I went back in, and it's like four weeks. And like when I heard four weeks, I was like, "That's another two, right?" And they're like, "No, no, four." <laughs> Like, uh, oh, right. right from I've already had two, so it's just another two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then like after that, each time period I went in, oh, each time I went in, like the period just got longer because um, they were just like unsure. And you just on ACC? Or, um, like, what ends up happening? Because you've got a farm. Uh, is it your farm or? Uh, so this is a family a family farm. farm. Yeah. yeah. So I was still like trying to run the farm from my. House or like trying to yeah because you've got all that responsibility to make things run well and with that if you're taken out of the action then you know since it's a family farm it's not like some of the rest of us that just get ACC and go home and somebody else sort of figures it out it's been a family business totally different story even more responsibility to get through yeah for sure Um, like and mum and dad they didn't really have time to help on the farm so it was kind of like I'd still have to try and oversee it from my mm. house even though at the time I really did not care about the farm like, yeah. uh, so it was hard and just because of um, them not actually like to start with they diagnosed me and then after that they weren't sure what was wrong so it's hard to mm. get ACC if you like if you're undiagnosed really yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's kind of yeah more affecting uh, parents like I was yeah. still because I was on a salary so mm. still had something mm. but um yeah so 
Yeah, so this was uh, going on for maybe about three months, um, and then in the end they're just like, yeah. So we're not actually sure. We've tried everything we can. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, you can, they're just like, in the end, like, good luck, go back to work. Like, if you get worse, come back in. Otherwise, oh. like, you're on your own. And this was real tough to take after, like, those three months being told not to do anything because you're going to do long-term damage uh, to your heart. So it's just like, okay, I'm not going to do anything because mm. I don't want that. And now it's like, well, you can go back to work. Still don't know. Mm. Um, and so you have lots going through your mind, like, can I try this? Am I going to affect yeah. my heart or am I not? Because... Like, I still had all the same symptoms, like, some days I like, struggle to breathe and get, like, chest pains. And mm. like, on the farm, like, when you're on a vehicle and stuff that, and you're going down the track, like, all the bumps, like, the bumps were terrible, like, on my chest. Like, it would hurt kind of thing. Wow. So it was tough. Um, and so, like, I tried to block it out and just get on with uh, life as normal, but, like, it wasn't normal. Like, I still... Yeah, struggled with energy and struggled mm. to do things that I'd once normally do fine. Mm. Like, didn't feel as fit as I normally was. Um, yeah. So it's hard. Like, do I do this or do I not? Constant mm. sort of yeah, so battle. You, you're going to church and all that. Um, still the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah still. Did that change at all? With yeah, sort of your your thoughts going to church, and then uh, also where you more open about going, you know what, actually let's pray for this? Yeah, um, like going to church and things like that didn't really change. It was more probably my thought process is that I do need God. I need to, like, because before this, like, I felt invincible and some days you're like, I don't mm. need anyone kind of thing. But then, like, yeah, after this happens, like seeing your mum mow your lawns and things, it's like, man, we can't do life alone like we need God to get through each day and so yeah it's probably yeah more um like knowing yeah to trust in mm. God and like give it over to him I guess um mm. and yeah believe that he does have a better mm. like, future in store than this um so true you're saying that um you had that realization on how much you need to breathe um because you're struggling to breathe and, yeah, we can go, like, what, three minutes, five minutes without breathing. Mm. And when you look at the biblical story of Adam being made, and it says that God breathed into his nostrils, breathed that life into him, and you think of that, how we breathe in and out constantly, and it's really that breath of life from God, that any separation from God, you can't last more than a few minutes. Mm. And he is life. Like right to that imperative creation story of of Adam and Eve, um, that probably now that you've experienced the dependency on breath, uh, has come to a new light. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, because like it's yeah, like you take every breath for gra- granted, kind of thing. You just yeah. think oh, it's easy, like mm. we can do that, no worries, kind of thing. And then when you're actually struggling to get like a good yeah. breath, like, like well, I. Do need God. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't do this alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, um, and then, yeah, so I tried to kind of flush it out of my head as much as I could about, like, can I do this, can I not kind of thing, mm. and it was, it was real hard. Um, and uh, I tried to eventually get back into rugby, um, and, man, like, I've never felt so nervous going to a, a training before, like, yeah, my first training afterwards, I was so nervous. I was like, um, like what's yeah. going to happen to me? Like, am I going to be all right? Um, mm. I got through it. Um, but, like, yeah, I played a few games of rugby um, and then, like, run rugby training. I just kind of collapsed. Like, and it would take me, like, like, the whole week to recover. I just have no energy and like, wow. have kind of the odd, like, chest pain and stuff. It was, yeah, pretty bad. Man. Sounds horrible. Um, and so, yeah, I collapsed at one rugby training. Like, I was just struggling and just, like, laid down on the ground. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, decided to give up rugby, which was pretty tough to tell your team that, yeah, I'm not going to play anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty tough to take. Um, and, yeah, so, 
yeah, so just tried to concentrate on the farm and get that going, and like, it was hard. Um, and then it was like over this sort of time period, I uh, had a couple of people uh, say that I should do youth with the mission. And I was like, I have no idea what this is. I've never, never heard <laughs> of it. Was Simon one of those people? No, Simon wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> no, I'm not sure if he'd done one by then. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we did it in 2017. I would have oh, just Oh, he would have done. just finished it. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I was like, oh, okay. Like, since like, it might have been two or three people like, t- said that the same thing to me in quick succe- succession. So I was like, hmm. Mm. Okay, maybe. God's talking to me. Mm. Um, <laughs> and so I decided to look into it, uh, try and find a little bit out. And then I was like looking at different schools and I was like, well, like, I know life's pretty hard at the moment. It would be good to get away from uh, the normality of the farm and mm. get away for a bit. And so I was like, oh, right, I'll look into it. And, um, and then I was like, well, if I'm doing it, I don't want to do it in New Zealand. Like, I'd rather travel at the same time. Mm. Um and ended up doing a school in uh, Washington State, uh, and then had outreach in Southeast Asia. Wow! Um, so that was like real cool. Uh, it was yeah, definitely like yeah, experience a lot of things that you don't really experience in New Zealand or mm. or especially in Southland. Uh, like yeah, you get it's different. <laughs> yeah, you get put out of your comfort zone a lot, and like yeah, to do things. Uh, it was. Um, a real cool experience. So this was in uh, 2019-2020. Um, and so on outreach, it was like the second last week of outreach, um, I got a concussion. <laughs> um, so it was like, it was quite bad. Um, uh, so like, yeah, so this was like the second last week. And then I, I like, uh, the so at the time when it happened, like, I didn't feel too bad. Like my head felt sore. I wasn't knocked out or anything. Uh, and then the next day got up and like went to do my quiet time and just fell straight back to sleep. Um and then I like woke up again like half an hour later and then started getting ready for our day of outreach. Um and my lead is like, What are you up to? I was like, I'm getting ready to go and she's like, You're going nowhere and I was like, No, I'm I'm good to go kind of thing. Uh and then I just remember like I'm, I went back to bed, I think, and I remember waking up again and everyone had gone, so I was like, oh, that mustn't have been right. And, um, yeah, like the last two weeks of outreach, I pretty much just slept most of it. Um, so, yeah, that wasn't great. Uh, and then had to go back to US for a debrief and whatnot. And so it was actually quite a blessing, like, for the travelling. I just slept on the buses, planes, mm. and in the airport. So that was true. Good. <laughs> but um, it was tough going back to US, like back to the whole school. Uh, there would have been like 40 of us uh, on that school. And like the noise and stuff was just no good for me. Um, mm. Like I was, I couldn't handle noise and uh, light, like I'd wear sunglasses inside and stuff mm. like that. Um, and so that was, yeah, hard. Um, Must be a pretty hard knock. What, how did you hit your head? Oh, I don't really like to say, but um, <laughs> I tried to leave that out. But uh, I was um, doing a handstand on concrete up against a wall, and um, it's real weird. Like it doesn't make sense in my head, but like I was yeah doing a handstand. And as soon as my uh, feet hit the hit the wall, I just went straight down on my head and like, did one of those scorpion oh sort of things. Um, wow. So yeah, it was quite quite nasty, and I was kind of stuck there for a little bit. Yeah, um, it wasn't good, but it, like it really hurt. Um, but I was like, the rest of that day, I was like, oh no, I'm, I might have got away with this. Like I might be right, kind mm. of thing. And then, yeah, I wasn't. Um, and then yes, after YWAM uh, finished, uh, I was gonna do a road trip around the states. Um, but this was like in the start of 2020. When COVID, yeah, so Washington State was already in lockdown. Mm. Like, it was one of the first states to get it, Uh, and then yeah, so things were starting to happen with COVID, and so ended up coming back to New Zealand, Um, which probably worked out quite well. Looking back, like I don't know how I would have travelled around when I could 
couldn't stay awake and mm. concentrate and things like that. Yeah, probably best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, came back um, and then you yeah, had to isolate for two weeks, um, which was quite nice just to have mm. time to myself and to try and recover. Um, and then after that, we went straight into lockdown. So had, mm. however long that was in lockdown, which in the end was quite good. Like because even over that time, I tried to do work, and like I'd last five minutes, and then I'd be like, "Man, I'm exhausted. I need to go mm. and take a break," kind of thing. Mm. Um, and then yeah, after lockdown, I ended up uh, running the family dairy farm again. Um, and yeah, over this like next half a year um like i just kind of battled on with the concussion just thought it was kind of getting better would get better sorry um and it just never did what and i just kept hitting my head on things like you just find ways to hit it kind of thing um are you still doing handstands on the farm well i tried (laughs) to avoid doing them as much as i could Um, (laughs) even though there's some days the cows would like to see it (laughs) Yeah, try and steer clear, but there's always something poking out at your head or whatever, you can't, <laughs> can't avoid it. Um, and yes, yeah, so I just thought like it would, it would come right, um, so I kind of kept it quiet, didn't really tell people what was going on, and um, I just tried to get on with running the farm and mm. things, and yeah, it was, it was quite hard, um, like you're just constantly doing stupid things, and like yeah, it was like so annoying. Like, yeah, like why are the cows in that paddock? They're meant to be in this paddock. And you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. my bad kind of thing. And just oh, like yeah. constantly stupid things, like many a day. And it was just, mm. Yeah, it was getting a bit ridiculous, really. Um, and so, so that yeah, so that was hard to have like this concussion on top of like already your heart <laughs> issues and yeah. yeah. So it was it was hard. Um, and then at the start of uh, just after New Year's 2021, uh, um, I was just travelling along with my friend uh, over like at Crummel where the water park is. Mm. Um, ended up having a car accident there. Um, a van rear-ended us, oh, um, yeah. and like so, it's a hundred k zone, and yeah. so it was a it was a decent hit. Um, and at the time, like, me and my friend we just got. Uh, real fruit ice creams. It was, oh, it was like, yeah, uh, that was probably the most funny, like gutting part about it. We had these ice creams, and I remember this, like looking down at my hand, and I was just holding a cone, and my ice cream was in the back seat, and then my mate just had, wow. had ice cream all over him. Um, <laughs> so, uh, was, it, was he okay? Uh, so yeah, my friend and myself, we weren't too bad. Like we obviously had. Like, Good whiplash, and so we saw backs, necks, and head sort mm. of thing. But obviously, I already had a sore neck and head, mm. um, but it made it way worse. Um, and but the driver of the so it was a van that hit us. Um, he had to get airlifted to Dunedin Hospital, so yes. <coughs> there was a chopper on the scene, and yeah, he got. <coughs> sorry, <coughs> uh, so he got uh, airlifted away. So he had like years. Uh, to get operations to his legs and I like, had to get cut out of the van and things. Wow, so, wow. It was serious enough. Um, yeah, it was a pretty surreal moment, like seeing all these people just come running towards mm. you. Um, it was and like just seeing all these cars backed up on the road and you're like, oh, that's because of me kind of thing. Mm. Um, so it was, it, was, um, it was quite hard. Uh, this like really... Made me quite depressed after this, uh, like after having a concussion for a year, and then this happening, I like I didn't take it well at all. Um, and so yeah, like I yeah, I was starting to like lose control of my mind. I felt like there was just like so much bad negative things going on in it. Like I'd just at times be uncontrollably crying and like couldn't sleep, and it was bad. Um, and so, yeah, after the accident, um, I was still on the farm um, and was just, yeah, still trying to work on there, but, like, I couldn't even control, like, what was going on in my head, so it's pretty hard, and then um, 
this one day I was on the two wheeler motorbike and I was shifting some balls. Uh, and just because like my brain wasn't working how it should, like, I did did a stupid thing and like I, like one ball just wouldn't want to leave this paddock there and and I was like I'm not letting it beat me on like it's going out of this paddock. Mm. Uh, and then yeah, I was just like riding along beside it, um, like trying to turn it the right direction, and uh, it it obviously didn't want to do what I wanted it to do, mm-hmm. um, and it just like, um, like I just got too close to it, and it ended up like swinging its head and like hitting me, and I oh, fell wow. off the bike. It wasn't bad or anything, but just like after everything that had been going on, it was just like the last thing. I was just like, mm-hmm. I can't take this anymore. Um, yeah. Like yeah, my my brain and everything was just a mess. Um, yeah. And I think, yes, after this, I think maybe the next day, I just, like, was, uh, like, such a mess. I just went over to my f- our parents' home, mum was home, and I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore, I'm done. Like, and I was just crying and, like, yeah, just an absolute mess. And I was just like, oh, I'm done, like, I can't do this. This is not, not good for me. Um, and probably up until that moment, like, uh, family or most people weren't aware what had actually been going on, how bad I kind of was, um, and it just you got to the stage where like, I couldn't couldn't do it, um, and so it was quite a like wake up call. Like even after like going through all the hard things, like having three months, I still probably went into like bad habits of trying to take care of things on my own instead of asking for help, asking mm. God and. Things like this, um, and so like you can like when all this happens, you can be like questioning God, but at the same time, it's like I need to question myself. Like I didn't mm. do what I needed to to help myself out. Mm. Um, so yeah, I ended up after this like not working, uh, just stopping, um, and spent the next three months just in a house by myself, just like lying down like the whole time, kind of thing. I couldn't. Couldn't really sleep much, um, and yeah, like during the day, I hardly ate. Like it was, it was a chore to eat. Like I'd think about it, and I was just like, "No, that's too hard of work to try and get anything to eat," kind of thing. So I didn't really eat much, didn't sleep at all, and I couldn't really concentrate. So I couldn't read, couldn't watch TV. Everything was just just a struggle. Um, yeah, so it was it was hard. It was hard uh, to take. Um, and yeah, at this stage, I was on ACC and not getting help from ACC and different ones. Um, but yeah, over like this next three months, I r- didn't really get any better, even with all this help. And it's it's real hard, like having both of the health issues that I had. Like to most people, you kind of still look pretty normal, mm-hmm. um, and so. It's real hard, like when you have so much going on in your head, and you can't relate to people. Like no one kind of understands, so you just mm. feel like you're in it by yourself. Um, My um, dad had a massive uh, car accident in oh. 2001, and <clears throat> got pretty badly brain injured, and he lost his eye and broke his back and his neck and all these things. And um, when he came home, uh, one of his friends came up to him and said. Mark, I'm praying. I'm praying that your eye gets healed. And my dad said to him, "I couldn't care less about my eye. Pray for my brain." Mm. And he said, "The struggles of um, just always being tired, like things just take it out of you." Um, I had a lack of patience for for a little while, just being a constant mm. frustration on things he used to be able to do, but now now. It was always a struggle or or a chore, and um, that always stuck with me. How somebody wanted his eye to grow back, and um, how my dad view, viewed that as such a little part of his injuries, mm-hmm. and not the main part at all. And the main part, being his brain, um, was the one that nobody could see. It's a that yeah. in- internal injury, and um, yeah. So no, I I get it on on some level um growing up with that and yeah you're right the when you're going through the the internal injuries of brain or heart or anything like that 
it's a lot easier to be sympathetic to somebody who's got a broken leg or a broken back in a wheelchair. Mm. But if you've got a heart issue or a brain issue and there's no exterior cast around you, yeah, it's pretty hard. I mean, yeah, I can understand how people don't see it, but um, it's almost more frustrating for you and others that that Mm. have to go through that. Um, Yeah, sorry, just wanted to jump in and share that. Yeah, for sure. No, like, definitely, yeah, if you, like, it, whenever I hear of someone with a concussion or, or something along those lines, you're just like, oh, my heart just kind of goes out to them, like, mm. yeah, just couldn't wish that on anyone, like, mm. yeah, it's just so hard, like, yeah, you feel like you're just in this place, like, by yourself, and there's not a whole lot anyone else can kind of do, like, mm. yeah, which makes it hard, and it's like, no one can see what you're going through at that moment, or like, because mm. from day to day it can be it look can look completely different to like your symptoms or how you're feeling can be completely different from day mm. to day. So it's yeah, tough for those yeah for anyone that goes through that. Mm. Um, but yeah, here's just uh, some of the symptoms I had from the concussion at like this time. Um, so like. Just, yeah, it's sore eyes, so, like, light-sensitive, like, wearing sunglasses, like, even wearing sunglasses on a rainy day, like... Oh, wow. You look stupid, like... <laughs> like, yeah. Like the Blues just, Brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you kind of, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, it would be light-headed and headachey, like, all the time kind of thing, um, and, like, didn't really eat much, like, yeah, that was just hard work, really, and I didn't really feel that hungry either. Um, and then, yeah, I wasn't getting much sleep, like, probably for three to four months, like, I was probably averaging three to four hours, and it's quite weird, like, before that car accident, I'd sleep heaps, mm. then after that, I couldn't sleep. Wow. Um, which was strange, um, so, like, during the day, like, it would be so boring, there's just nothing you can do, and then you go to, try and go to bed, but you're like, oh, this mm. is boring too, like, can't do anything. Mm. They can't sleep, so it was hard. Um, and then you just like constantly have no energy and get exhausted, obviously, because it's your brain and you're not sleeping and mm. so forth. Uh, and like I was like real depressed after the car accident. Like, yeah. Like, and how was your faith in that? Because you got to be pretty frustrated. First, your heart, you know, and then concussion, and then a car accident, further concussion. You know, how did you feel in your faith? And you're like. You've just done Youth with a Mission, this amazing missions organization around the world where you see God doing miracles in mm. front of you, knowing he can heal, and you're sitting there, got to face it, God, why? Yeah, that's funny you say that because uh, like on outreach I saw a couple of people get healed, and like at the time like I didn't really know too much about healing, like that sort of mm. thing, and then, yeah, being at home, like, going through all these things, it's, like, hard, and you have, like, a lot going through your head, like, mm. like do I even carry on with life kind of thing? Um, uh, but, yeah, I just, I guess, like, for some reason for me, I, or I just, I guess it comes back to the foundations from mum and dad, um, but I just, you trusted God through it, like, I felt like, because there's no one could help me, no one mm. could do anything for me, it's like, I only had, God to help like there's mm. no other option apart from to give up and yeah like, I couldn't do that like I knew like God had things in store mm. for me so it's like I'm here for God not myself mm. um and then like you read like about Job and I different was just ones thinking of Job yeah different ones in the Bible when you're like oh I've been through nothing compared <laughs> to them so it's yeah yeah um, and even Job like he he ran to the Father he ran to God. But he ran to him in anger as well. Mm. Like, you know, it's okay to to vent your feelings and and, what, and your frustrations with God. He's he's a big boy and can take it. Um, and yeah, it, it's that communication and leaving that door open to ask God, you know, why? Because you just never know. He might answer, and he might mm. answer in a way that's radical. But you got to you got to get to a place where you have to ask that question to be able to allow God to give you the answer. As well, yeah, for sure. Um, like, I was yeah, definitely ang- like be frustrated and angry at times. Um, but I probably didn't like. I 
ask ask the question like why is this happening to me not someone else kind of thing but I don't know like I probably didn't point it directly at God like mm. um, but I'm more it, just thinking about it rather than actually communing that yeah, frustration with God yeah yeah, yeah. and I, like I never gave him a chance to kind of answer or like <laughs> gave him like a chance to listen and yeah, life sucks at the moment <laughs> yeah. and, but not hey God, why is this happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I think so, a lot of people could relate to that, you know, not giving God a chance to answer. Mm. And um, not saying to, like, throw all of the pains and sufferings of the world at God, being like, why? <laughs> That's not necessarily. But, you know, if if your sufferings cause you to communicate with God in prayer, it's it is a it's good, mm. you know, in that sense. If you never suffered in your entire life and therefore as a result never prayed, that's mm. bad. Yeah. So in one weird way, suffering can bring good. Um and it's kinda only looking at it from God's perspective. You're like, Oh, okay, I can see why I'm walking through this. Um not saying anybody that listening that everybody that's suffering is because God's making you suffer so that you cry out to him. But I'm just saying, God can use all things mm. to commun- to to connect with you, mm. uh, even the sufferings. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, what ended up happening after all that? Um, yeah. So this, so I was yeah doing nothing for three. It would have been three months, um, and then it was the start of May, which is duck shooting season, uh, which is mm. a big thing. Like I love to go out, uh, but like yeah, the realization came that. I couldn't go out, which mm. like was so hard to take, so depressing. Mm. Um, but for some reason, on that day, um, like it would have been a few weeks earlier, um, a friend like I was sharing about an app on the phone uh, where you can listen to books and stuff, and mm. he shared it about a book um, which I didn't end up listening to, but I came across another book on this app called The Simplicity of Healing by. Uh, Sandra Kennedy, uh, so she's from America, um, and so on. Yeah, it was like the afternoon of duck shooting, and like I was real depressed, like not in a good spot at all, kind mm. of thing. And but for some reason, like on this day, I was just like, oh well, I'll give it a go and I'll listen to this book, kind of thing, which is like a miracle in itself. I ended up like listening to it for an hour and a half, and it was all just going straight in, which is weird because like, mm. obviously I couldn't. Concentrate or take anything in at the time. Like I couldn't hardly hold a conversation with anyone. Um, and yeah, it was just all going in. Um, and yeah, Sandra talks about like a couple of healings that she's had in her own life, where the like doctors have said like, "No, this you can't be healed. You c- mm. can't come back from that kind of thing." And like Jesus has healed her of those things. Um, and she just talks about like what Jesus has done on the cross for us and it's like for us to believe in that uh, and to speak it out and to have faith that like we do believe in what he's done. Um, mm. And so I was just like, oh yeah, this kind of makes sense. Even though like people already said all those mm. things to me, but for some reason like at this point it was all just like sinking in and she's just like, you just got to speak it out. And so I was like, oh yeah, yeah now I'm, I'm healed, like, didn't feel any different. Then um, a friend came in and we're like, oh, well, we'll go for a walk because I'd, I'd try and go for a walk around the block, which was like a K, and I'd like, struggle to walk around that in 20 minutes kind of thing. And then, yeah, so we're going to go for a walk around the block, and then I was just like, oh, we'll run around the block. Um, and so we ended up running around the block, and I f- like, felt good. And so I was like, oh, like, we might as well keep running. And ended up running like another nine k, so ten k total, and um, like was running and yeah, like felt fine the whole time. No, no concussion symptoms, no heart issues. Like everything was just fine, apart from like obviously from doing no exercise, no nothing. Like feel sore after what doing doing all that. So so you just declared in faith that you're healed, and then uh, even though you had pericarditis. And a major con- concussion, you went out and stepped out in faith and just ran not only around the block of 1K but went 9Ks. 
Mm, yeah, so like that's insane. Yeah, so like at the time I was saying I was healed, but at that time, that moment, I, I didn't feel any different. It mm. wasn't actually till I yes took that step and actually started running. Yeah, that's when I realised no, I am actually healed. And like James I can physically. James heal chapter it. one says faith without works is dead. Mm. So working out your faith or outworking your faith is probably a better way to put it. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So it wasn't um, until that moment. And the cool thing is, like, at the time I was healed, um, like, I was the only one in the house. I was the only one there. It was just me listening to this book, listening to, like, what Jesus had done. Like, it was only Jesus that could have done it. No one else was there to, mm. to like, to take, take the, the glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, like, such a cool, cool, cool moment. Um, but, yeah, at the time, like, I didn't feel any different at all. I took that step. Till you started um, walking on water, really. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. So, yeah, ended up running a ten, uh, running 10K, and then the next weekend did the Milford Track, which is like 50, 50 oh, wow. K or so. Um, <laughs> You're really testing it. <laughs> yeah, so I went from like zero to – and um, during uh, the week before, or like uh, between being healed and going on – the Milford Track um, ended up coming up up uh, central, and we went. Me and my sister went out on the jet ski, like on the lake, and it was a rough as day. And man, like I, I was already sore, like sore legs mm. from from running and stuff. And then like I, my body was so sore after that, like the next day. And so like when we started the Milford Track, I was already like hurting. Um, <laughs> but, but it was such a surreal moment to be. Back out and God's and creation. Was there any doubt or anything like that after? So after you took that first step and, and actually ran mm. the first nine k's, like the following day, was there any doubt that crept back in? And if so, how did you handle that? Yeah, so like that was another thing she said. Like, yeah, you need to declare uh, this like every day. Um, so like, I always like thank God for healing me. Like, because obviously the enemies like. Every day is gonna tempt you with different symptoms or things, mm. even though you're healed. Like tempt you to make you feel like you're not healed. Mm. Um, so like, yeah, I'd just keep thanking God for uh, healing me. And like, like yeah, that first like for a while there, like you would feel something, but you're just like, no, nah, I'm not having any of this. Like mm. Jesus has healed me, and I was yeah, like fine. Yeah. But I don't know. Like after running that far, like it's like. If I can do this, like um, I'm just gonna believe yeah. that I am healed. But even if, yeah, wow, so mm. that's so cool, man. I love that. That is so powerful, man. Because that's major. Oh, like, yeah, it was, it was when massive. when people pray, Lord, do heart surgery on me. He actually did for you, mm. <laughs> and it was it was just like cool, like God's timing at the time. So I think it was a few weeks before that. <clears throat> My sister-in-law was like, oh, there's this fellow coming to one of the churches in Invercargill, like a healing sort of guy. Um, she's like, oh, you should go to it. Um, <clears throat> and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll pray it. So I, I was like, oh, I, I prayed about it. Um, and I, I just felt like God say to me, like, you're going to be healed, but not there. So I said to my sister-in-law, no, I'm not going. Like, God's going to heal me. Mm. Um, and that was like a few weeks before, um, and then like where ACC was at, they were trying to get me on a back to work program. But then my case manager's like, "This doesn't make any sense because you're um, like not getting any better." So, mm. like, I, and she was like trying to argue the case with them, and mm. it's kind of going nowhere. And then so they were, so I was about to start this back to work program, um, and then yeah, so I ended up like getting to phone like all the different ones I was working with, and I was like, oh, you can cancel all that, don't worry about it, like Jesus healed me kind of thing. Yeah. Like, wow, what'd they say? <laughs> uh, a lot of them were like, man, that's amazing, like, that's so cool. And then I had like, one psychologist that I was working with, he's just like, was real um, sceptical about it all, and he's like, okay, like you're yeah. a, bit, a bit strange, but like he couldn't deny that nah. from what... From how I looked to what I did when he walked in, so mm. like, 
even if he kind of didn't believe what was coming out of my mouth, like he could still yeah. still see it. So like, it was still a that's awesome. Seed so in there. Yeah. Mm. Wow, man. I think that's so cool. I got a few questions for um, when you were at YWAM because mm. um, it's such an an amazing program for uh, young adults to to go out and do and and um, kind of for the first time a lot of us step out in faith and, and like you said you saw a couple of healings and and uh, my wife and I have done Youth with a Mission as well. Um, what was one of your biggest takeaways uh, from Youth with a Mission? Um, probably I guess like going into it like I'd probably a sheltered uh, background um, and so going into it like and just like probably just seeing that like God wants to have a relationship with us and just like some of that like that he is a father and that mm. he does love us um, probably yeah just like around that uh, yeah things like that I just hadn't really thought of or mm. like yeah didn't really think of that whole relationship side of things that mm. he does like deeply uh care for for us and and I guess like through YWAM that's like they want us to know that so we can share with others. Um it's probably yeah, just off the top of my head. Um, yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. No, so good. Um a lot of us go into church our whole lives and don't realise how deeply God uh, wants to be in a relationship with us and also how accessible it is. Many Christians believe that we will be in relationship with Christ when we get to heaven. Mm. Like it's, but for now you can get saved and do the salvation prayer, but there's no re- relationship or faith building on top of that. Um, so it's good to know that when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God is at hand, he's saying it's at hand, that's how close it is right there yeah, at sure. arm's reach. And, um, yeah, that's cool that you had that revelation. Uh, do you have advice, Phil, on other people listening to this episode and they've been waiting on a miracle, they've been waiting on a healing, and they're at the end of their tether and they're wondering why, and they might have come across this episode somehow and uh, some advice for them on how well, you practically walked it out and uh, where they should start. Yeah, uh, like firstly I'd say that there's nothing special about me, I'm no different to anyone else, um, so like if if God can work through me, like it, there's no one he can't work through, and I think the biggest thing is to like keep trusting God and keep believing, even if there are lots of doubts, like there's so many doubts that the enemy puts on our heads, I think, like for us, the most important thing is just to keep believing in God, believing in like that He can do it, and and just go back to the Bible. Like, there's so many miracles in there, so many different like things that in our human brains seem impossible. Like, mm. like parting the water. Like, mm. who, who does that kind of thing? Like, if He can do stuff like that, like, why don't we just believe? Um, and just trust him like yeah like I'd say that's the biggest thing like yeah there's nothing special about me but like even like being healed it's like amazing thing that's happened it's well the best thing that's happened to me kind of thing but mm. even from that I wouldn't say that life's been easy since then like mm. it's still been just as hard so like even if you're hoping for a healing, don't just expect that life's going to be a box of chocolates. Mm. Um, it's still going to have its challenges, but yeah, just to trust mm. trust God um, and just keep believing. Have you had a, a scan or anything for the uh, myocarditis carditis or anything, all the heart stuff? Um, not, f- not for the heart stuff because they couldn't actually, mm. like they thought it was that. But then in oh, the end, right. they weren't sure. They weren't so sure, that's right. I'd, and, yeah, they couldn't find anything, so I was mm. like, well, there's no point. Right. But I did get, like, the doctors to do, like, a letter for the concussion. So, like, yeah. I've got, yeah, a doctor's report from... That's cool. 
from yeah, saying like totally healed, unknown source. Yeah, I think it even it might actually even say in it like maybe Jesus. Had, oh, really? Maybe I don't know, but here it is anyway. You yeah. can have a look after. Oh, have we looked? Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Mm. Um, well, while I'm reading through this, do you want to share with where God's kind of taking you now? Hmm. Yeah, so since my healing, like my life has completely changed. Like obviously, before, while I was going through all this, I was still on the family dairy farm. And then during my concussion, I felt like God t- say that he had something else in store for me. Um, and so I told the family that I wasn't going to carry on with the dairy farm. And then when I was healed, like, I found things so hard because I, like, I was just on this different planet, I felt like. And um, I wasn't sure what I was meant to be doing next, um, but I just knew that God had something else in store for me. And I just knew, like, on the farm, I know I just wanted to be able to help people more. Like, obviously, I'm helping people by putting food on people's plates, but mm. just wanted to be more directly impacting uh, people. And so, since then, I've just been uh, getting into youth work. Um, so, I still sort of trying to figure it all out but um so i've been doing some teacher aiding at a college and then help with kids holiday programs and just try and hang out with youth uh when i can go to uh, camps and um and yeah take take kids out on on farm um Mm. and just yeah try and yeah i guess i've been yeah working with some challenging youth um Mm. which has been hard but fun as well um so yeah um, just yeah, more yeah, getting into the youth and just I don't know trying to let God lead me instead of trying to follow my own desires. Um, yeah, yeah, which is yeah, being fun but challenging as well. Like there's mm. been yeah, so many challenges in the last few years that have come up. So, um, do you mind if I actually read this out? This is amazing. Yeah, go so, for it. So, uh, just for all you listeners. Um, I'm holding a letter from uh, Philip's doctor, and um, I'll just read it through. This is quite quite an awesome letter. It says, to whom it may concern, and I might um, not be able to say some of these medical words. Um, the, the jargon's quite out there, eh? <laughs> yeah. Um, to whom it may concern, this letter is to confirm Phil, Philip Greer has a, had a miraculous recovery from his post-concussion syndrome. Philip suffered a concussion on the 12th of February 2020 after doing a handstand on concrete, falling and hitting his head. He had another concussion in a motor vehicle accident on the 3rd of January 2021 where he was rear-ended at high speed. Philip had uh, persistent symptoms consisting of post-concussion syndrome, symptoms including low mood, irritability, emotional lability, poor memory, dizziness, photophobia, poor concentration, poor balance, insomnia, and insomnia. Philip was struggling to manage a daily walk and was uh, fully off work. Philip was getting input from ACC, uh, concussion, multidiflimillary, something, some big word, team, including a psychologist, physiotherapist, and occupational therapist. He was on phenofaxine or something. Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> some drug uh, for his mood. Philip was not making any good progress towards recovery. Next paragraph. On the 1st of May, Philip reports he was reading a book on healing and he had faith that he can be healed through Jesus and noticed a, dr- noticed a drastic improvement in his symptoms. His girlfriend noticed a change. Then he went for a 10-kilometer run with no symptoms. He, had been able, he has been able to discontinue the vaccine-something drug. He reports no further concussion symptoms, feeling great with no depressive symptoms, sleeping well, and has regained his appetite. He has been out socializing and was able to do the Milford track um, The following weekend, on the 14th of May, Philip was seen by myself and documented as I have a full miraculous recovery from his post-concussion syndrome 
and he has been declared to return back to work. Amen. I'll just throw that in there. <laughs> he didn't say amen, but that is that is amazing. Yeah, and <laughs> to make it even funnier, like when I went in to see the doctor, she had a student um, oh, with yeah? her as well. So <laughs> she would have been like, what is going on here? Oh, that is incredible. That is just amazing. I love how it says... Um, to whom it may concern, this letter is to confirm Philip Greer has a miraculous recovery from his post-concussion syndrome. Like, mm. wow. I just love that. It literally states a, a miracle. He yeah. has a miracle right here. That's awesome. Um, man, man. Uh, Phil, did you have anything that you wanted to share um, before we sort of wrap things up? Last question or so. Uh, yeah, I think just like the cool part, and like both of those uh, things, the heart and the concussion, like I wasn't getting any better like through people, like they yeah were struggling to figure out mm. how to help or how to get through these things. But um, probably like yeah, it's only God that can mm. like heal us Amen. of yeah. some things. Like yeah, it's only yeah through God mm. that we can get through every day of our life like it's not through someone else like we mm. can get so far with someone else but at the end of the day like it takes takes god like yeah at the yeah the final hurdle for me was mm. like with god's help kind of thing yeah c.s lewis says um that in in the book the screw tape letters uh brilliant book written from the demon's perspective towards us mm. and um one of the things that he warns uh, the demon, he's trying to train this demon um, how to be a demon. And he says, with your patience, which is us, he said, never let your patience hit rock bottom. Because mm. when they hit rock bottom, they're at their strongest and they'll fall on their knees and they'll cry out to Jesus. Um, make sure that they're just miserable, <laughs> like just not quite at rock yeah. bottom. And um, I think there's a, you know, there's a lot of power in realizing that hitting rock bottom can be the best thing that happens to us in the sense of that's kind of when we cry out to God. So if you're listening to this episode and you felt like you've hit rock bottom, this is God saying, I love you and I'm here, so cry out. Um, yeah, man, so cool, Phil, so cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Jesus Magnet podcast. You're such an amazing man of God, and um, yeah, I just wish you all the best with your youth work and wherever God's leading you next, and so cool to see another amazing miracle. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Jesus Magnet Podcast. If you enjoyed this, make sure that you connect with us. Find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and if you want to support us, be a member of our coffee club, Jesus Magnet Coffee Club. See you next time on the Jesus Magnet.